0: This is double strength Thanks. Mama power. It's the stuff podcast. Remember when you used to leave your house with just a wallet? Now it's nappies, blankie, teddy, books, and two changes of clothes. You didn't even need this much luggage when you did your O.E. With no added sugars and MumPedia Pro three toddler milk is one less thing to worry about. We know because we're parents too.
1: I was eight years old and I had what we later learnt was my first panic attack. So, for me, it was terrifying, and then it wasn't until I was a teenager that I found that there were names for these things and that there were strategies out there, and I was just elated to find out that I wasn't alone and that there were ways that I could try and manage it.
2: Tui, did you used to play that game when you were a kid? What's the time, Miss Wolf? Oh my gosh,
3: Totally, I so did. I so remember that. What, what happened? Someone used to play the scary wolf, wouldn't
2: they? And they'd come and chase you down and everyone, I just remember everyone would always be screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, the wolf chasing you. Uh, well, today's all about teaching kids to think very differently about the things that usually make them frightened and anxious, like that wolf. Our guest author and songwriter, Avril MacDonald, has created a wolf character who is anything but your typical fearsome creature. Mm, her wolf Gang?
3: I think, is a bit like all of us really He has to learn to stick up for himself and figure out that coping with stress and managing stressful things are better and easier when you've got a friend
2: Yeah, that's why we're Double Strength Mama Power We know two's better than one mm-hmm.
0: This is Double Strength Mama Power
2: Kia Koto. Hey, how brave do you think you are? How about your children? What would you say to help them face their fears head on? Well, these are two questions which author, songwriter and mum, Avril MacDonald, has thought a lot about. Having experienced anxiety as a young person, she was determined to develop ways to help her children and others grow strong and resilient. Her Feel Brave stories, based around the lovable wolf gang, tackle problems a lot of kids face, including self-confidence, bullying and grief. Well, now those books are being enjoyed by thousands of boys and girls all over the world. I spoke to Avril about why this has become her mission. Avril, anxiety is something that's talked about a lot more in relation to kids these days. Why is that the case, do you think?
1: I think that that it's the case because our world has has just sped up, as you'll know from from childhood when we were children to now. It's just such a different world that we live in, and everything's very fast. There's a lot of um, technology now that that particularly children are involved in, and um, and globalization has meant that we're we're moving a lot. We're all over the world, so it's just fast paced, a lot faster than it was before. So we don't slow down often. And we quite often don't have our family units all together like we used to. You know, I'm an example of that. I've lived in London for the last 15 years. My children haven't had all of their family around them and the wisdom that comes with that and the storytelling and the the sort of calm nature of that. So it's very fast. But I think also with... When I did a tour in New Zealand, a school book tour, I did an author tour, I went to 30 schools around New Zealand and I was asking teachers why they think there's so much anxiety in children these days because they all were telling me we have so much anxiety even at early childhood level. And although it's hard to hear as parents, they think that a lot of it is actually attributed to sort of helicopter parenting when we're also quite anxious as parents and so we're probably not giving children enough safe opportunities to practice as much resilience as they can under our care and I know I'm even guilty of that myself as a mother so I think that's what what potentially is is leading to all of this anxiety that we have now.
2: Avril what do you mean by giving kids a chance to be resilient?
1: I mean giving them more opportunity to have have safe environments to fall down and, and get up by themselves. I'll give you a classic example with my daughter. There was a a situation at school that I actually naturally just wanted to go down and try and solve myself, but instead we coached her and it was really hard for me to stand back from that. But she went in and she sorted it out herself. She had a one-to-one chat with the person that was bothering her and, and it really sorted itself out and I was surprised she did that actually because it took a lot of courage but I wanted to go and fix it, and I see a lot of parents trying to do that. In fact, I talk to teachers who say, now with social media and some pho- schools that have phones, some children may tell their, their mother that something's happened and, and their mother will go straight down to the school and, and you know rapidly gets very involved when maybe that situation could be worked out between them with some coaching. It's a hard. you know. Our children are like our hearts on legs, so when they're hurt, it hurts us. So there's a lot of work that we can do on ourselves too to try and... Just step back and think, okay, I'm going to coach my child as much as I can and I have, I'm going to let it go and, and, and see if it if it works and if it can you know be solved, if they can help use this to practice empathy, to practice their resilience and have a real life situation in a safe environment to, to sort itself out. Obviously there's situations where we do need to be involved but I think without the strategies ourselves to coach them, we're kind of stuck sometimes with how to deal with it. So naturally we do just want to go down and fix it. So it's not our fault, it's just maybe if we had some more strategies um, that would help us to then give them these opportunities to safely fall. What happened when you
2: experienced anxiety
1: as a child? I was eight years old and I had what we later learnt was my first panic attack. So for me it was terrifying and in those days, uh, no one really even knew what those, those things were. There were no names for those, certainly not in the circles I was in or in my hometown. So for a long time, I just felt quite alone with it. And I just thought I was strange. And I, I used to think when I was having a panic attack that I was dying, which most people do when they're not aware of what it's like. So, But then I didn't die. So I thought, well, I'm probably just strange. And I just accepted that. And then it wasn't until I was... A teenager that I found that there were names for these things and I was just elated to find out that I wasn't alone and that there were ways that I could try and manage it.
2: What support did your parents give you at the time?
1: So they were very supportive, but they had no idea what it was. So they took me to doctors, but doctors just drew blanks and... And uh, they kind of said, it's, it's all in your mind, which it was, actually. And I guess what's different now is that we're understanding the importance of our minds and that when we have things in our minds, they are real to us. So it's a different way of thinking now. Do you think there might be almost too much information now? Definitely. You know, there's too much and there's information overload in every sense. And that's why now... More than ever, curation is something that's really the biggest value. And that's why people like Oprah Winfrey are so popular, I think. You find someone that you really resonate with and then you therefore want to follow that person because they're giving strategies or ideas or sharing things that you're interested in. So this is why with Information Overload, we need to try and find almost like a DJ for music. You know, you find a good DJ because you like their the music they're choosing. It's the same with this. And there's certain pockets of innovation now appearing, uh, which I hope Feel Brave, my work is, where people find it and think, oh, yeah, there's strategies that work. I'm going to start following that. And that's a way to actually bring all this information overload into something that's um, able to be translated and practically applied. Avril, you started the Feel Brave program about nine years ago now. How did you
2: develop that gorgeous character of Wolf, who is a big main character?
1: It's funny because I get that question all the time and it actually wasn't a conscious decision to have a wolf. I don't know how he appeared, but he did. I'm a massive dog lover. I'm a massive animal lover, so I have lots of animals myself, but particularly dogs, there's something about them. And the wolf, though, symbolically really represents, as I've learnt, our primal nature and our wild side and our beautiful natural instincts. And so I'm really pleased that even though it wasn't a conscious decision, this wolf, Really represents us being brave and stepping into ourselves, getting to know ourselves. So he really happened without consciously deciding, but I'm so glad he did. I understand that you
2: found cognitive behavioural therapy.
1: Yeah, I found cognitive behavioural therapy and neuro linguistic programming, which are basically little sort of scenarios you can put through your mind that help you reframe things and look at things differently. So I, in my teens, found Tony Robbins. He manages to take patterns of behaviour that are out there and he manages to translate them into the mainstream and make them really easy to apply. So I loved how he did that for me and they just worked. So I then, when I had children, wanted to teach my children these strategies because they were really effective not just in managing my own anxiety but helping me reach my potential and feel really strong and resilient. So that's where actually Feel Brave was born. That
2: was through helping your daughter with nightmares, is that right?
1: Yeah, she had a nightmare when children start having nightmares, around the two, three years old, and managing that just came super easy to me. I just uh, said to her, okay, tell me about the nightmare, and she told me the story, and then I said, we're going to make up a new story about that, so we, re- I retold her nightmare back to her, but I made what was scary in her nightmare small and cute, and I made up a new story with her, and she loved the story so much. For about a week afterwards, I had to tell the same story every night and the nightmare went away. And we've used that in many situations, which is just a simple cognitive behavioural therapy technique called reframing. When you take a situation and you just turn it into a different story and it's a very powerful technique.
2: Are there a couple of strategies that you could give us that would be great preventative for um, stress and anxiety in young
1: yeah, one of the ones I do with children, which is um, in one of my books about how to share worries, that it's important to share worries and calm down, calm our busy minds, is we do a gratitude technique where it's a little poem and we talk about, we imagine, we breathe in and out and we get relaxed and then we imagine all the people we love and the things we love and the places we've been and the most magical things we've seen and we all have our eyes closed and we stir them all around in a cup and we drink them like a hot chocolate. So what that's doing is when we practice gratitude, it actually chemically changes us and it puts us in a really powerful positive state straight away. And so that's one of the things I wanted to give to my children and now I do it with children all around the world and it's really beautiful because they all love it. They they close their eyes and when I say, um, where is the best place you've ever been? Usually they're all very quiet and they just get right into the moment. But I remember one time a, a little five-year-old yelled out, Vegas! <laughs> so it's a lovely, lovely, little exercise we do. Wonderful. Now, um, resilience
2: is something we have to keep working on for our whole lives, do you think?
1: I do think so, yes. I think mainly keeping yourself strong and getting to know yourself. And I think that's a life's work. So in parallel to the work I do with children, I've been doing a lot of my own personal integration work and understanding my own shadows and um, a lot of, I'm really interested in Carl Jung's psychology and the archetypes that we have within us. So I think that's a life's work. And just the m- most importantly and simply, though, is in order to be resilient, you have to keep yourself strong. And it's the basics, getting enough sleep, eating the right food, having really good friendships and, and getting to know yourself. So I think that needs to be practised all the time. Have you had that little eureka moment, a little breakthrough where you have made progress? Well, I've had a moment in the last year which was really big for me and I, all of my life I actually wanted to be a musician a performer and about a year ago I was offered a development deal with one of the biggest music labels in the world and we got quite far into negotiations and it was all of my dreams come true and we brainstormed on Big Ideas, and I wrote a song, and then they pulled the deal, and I was devastated. And in the nine years, I've had a lot of no's, and I'm quite good at taking no's, but this one really, really hit me, because it was like the death of the innocence of my childhood dream. And I actually cried And when it happened, and my daughter came, and she put her arm around me, and she said, oh, is it like at the intersports when I fell at the starting gate? And I said, yes, it is. And my son said, are you going to give up, feel brave? And I said, no, of course not. I'm never going to." Give up, feel brave. I'm going to be sad, probably definitely for today, right now. So I need you to leave me alone because I'm going to have a cry and I'm going to be sad. And I might be sad for a little while, but then I'm going to work out how I move forward and I'm going to do it. And I was sad for two weeks. I really grieved actually. And I just thought, oh, finally thought I was there and I wasn't. But then I still went and recorded the song. I realised that actually, actually one of my mentors said, Avril, go and do it. You've got all the resources. And so I went and did it two months ago and we recorded the song. It's about friendship, which is so key in resilience. And since doing that, the song is already doing really well. I had full creative control. It was filmed in New Zealand on the Kapiti Coast. We got amazing children cast to do it. And now because of that, it's going to glue together a massive initiative that I'm about to take on board with the Life Education Trust here in New Zealand and some big corporate sponsors who love what we're doing. And we're about to do something really powerful in New Zealand and for the rest of the world. So the breakthrough there was, you know, you can get the nose, but it's, you know, you can knock on doors. And if they close, they're just not your door. But I trust timing And I trust the universe and I believe in love and I just, you know, I walked my talk with that, which was really hard, but it was a very pivotal moment for me and a beautiful one because there's some magic that's come out of that that now is going to probably have a bigger life than it ever would have had I had that music deal. So one of the things that she does is parkour, which is like a little ninja class, and um, she's done that since she was about four years old, and they learn to be brave in that. And while that's physically brave, I think that she draws on that for other things. I try and push her to take risks, calculated risks, (laughs) Um, and I can see when she succeeds, or even if it's just a minor success, um, that her confidence grows. So whether that's in um, reading or sport that she plays, or um, ordering something um, from a stranger in a cafe or anything like that, I think that those are the sort of experiences and then she slowly grows.
2: Oh, fantastic! Oh my goodness! Mm. I just wish that my kids had perhaps taken on my pearls of wisdom
3: a little more earlier. <laughs> yeah, really. so what what were your pearls of wisdom and why didn't they
2: take them on? Well, one thing I tried to introduce as little people was the thought of having a bubble of white light around you. That's something that I have used a lot over the years. Mm. And particularly when you're you know you've got to perform and you've got to be on on top of things. Mm-hmm you know you're not always going to have a great day but if you imagine yourself in a bubble of white light you're going to have a chance to float a little more mm. easily through and things aren't going to stick to you quite the same way so try introducing that to the kids to begin with they don't really want a bar of it mm. and there could be lots of reasons for that it could be the fact that they um you're their mum yeah I'm their mum exactly <laughs> yeah 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 the fact that they were reveling in a little bit of negativity and the um, endorphins that go around your body or the adrenaline Mm. when you're feeling angry Mm -hmm. or upset about something or the fact that they needed to perhaps take responsibility for their emotions, Mm. that they could choose to feel really angry about what somebody was saying or Mm. doing or they could let that slide off them. And Mm. maybe being responsible is something that's a little bit harder to do as a young child. But we've come back, we've used that bubble of white light and various other strategies, and the kids are far more open to them now, which is really exciting. And you notice a difference in their days. Mm, That's fantastic. I think,
3: you know, introducing things to kids and then allowing them to take it on when they're
2: ready. Yes. Mm with all things it's like vegetables you introduce them once <laughs> when the child turns their nose you introduce it again a little later in, in the you, yeah
3: yeah yeah <laughs> Hey, that's great. I love that white light. I haven't tried it with my kids, but even just sitting here, it just makes me feel light and buoyant and free, um, as opposed to feeling like I have to have that, you know, thick skin and the armour on and the red cape. It's a really, um, it's a much more easeful way of being, I think. Mm. So that's great. I'm going to use that with my kids. It's like being in a mindful moment all the time. (laughs) Well, fancy you saying that, Susie,
0: because I've got one coming right up. As you try to recall the last time you had eight hours sleep, take a moment to remind yourself that you're not alone. All around New Zealand, there are tons of Kiwi parents doing the hard yards just like you. And we understand because we're parents too. And Mumpedia Pro 3 Toddler Milk, proudly developed in New Zealand.
3: Staving away monsters in the night and managing any kind of emotion as a child and as an adult requires emotional resilience. One of the predeterminants of emotional resilience is connection and for mental and physical resilience of course you need sleep. So today's mindful moment has been designed with these two things connection and sleep in mind. It's a practice that you can do for yourself and with your child. I'm going to just talk you through it first because it involves a mantra and a mudra. So a mantra is a word or sound repeated to aid concentration, usually done in meditation. A mudra, in this case, is a symbolic hand gesture that systematically moves your fingers. Let's start with the mudra. Take your right hand and bring the tip of your thumb and forefinger to touch, kind of like you're making the OK symbol. Next, change out your forefinger so that it's the tip of your middle finger that meets the tip of the thumb. Change it out again, this time it's your ring finger that meets the tip of the thumb. And then finally it's the pinky finger that meets the tip of the thumb. The mantra we're going to attach to this movement of the fingers is Sa, Ta, Na, Ma. We say one syllable for each touch of a finger to thumb, so let's do it together. Four finger to thumb we say Sa, middle finger to thumb we say Ta, Ring finger to thumb we say na and pinky finger to thumb we say ma. And then we can sing it. So I'll sing it for you as you continue the mudra moving your fingers. Sa ta na ma, Sa ta na ma, Sa ta na. Ma. Ma. You can do that as many times as you like. This mudra or gesture of the hand gives your mind something to concentrate on, allowing other thoughts like monsters in the night to disappear and the emotions felt in the body to calm Mind and body are connected, and this mantra is said to reset the pineal gland, which has as its primary function the secretion of melatonin, which controls your sleepiness and wakefulness. So in this way, it can help with sleep. It's a lovely mindful moment to share with your children. In fact, it was my daughters that taught it to me when they were just five and six years old after going to a kid's yoga class and I still find them doing it from time to time when they need to settle themselves.
2: Mm, thank you, Tui. And one thing I loved about that particular mindful moment was how you bring the physicality of of the fingers and the and mm. the thumb in there. Mm. I don't know. It helps not reinforce it or.
3: Get well, it. it brings your body and mind into connection. So you're in a state of true presence. And the great thing about this very small finger gesture is that you can do it absolutely anywhere. You know, sitting right here, we can do it on the bus, at work, lying in bed at night. You know, if you can't sleep, all those monsters come and get you in the night, you can just easily move those fingers and move back into that restful sleep.
2: Well, we hope you can join us next time on Double Strength Mama Power. We'll be chatting with the delightful broadcaster Stacey Morris. Morrison about bringing up bilingual tamariki. Mm, awesome, looking forward to that. In the meantime, we are going to leave you with something special
3: from Avril. This is her gratitude poem.
1: Okay, so here's a nice little trick that I'm going to show you that helps you feel good straight away. Are you ready? Do this with me. Stars in the night gather near, fairies fly and meet us here. As we close our eyes and count to ten, shh, just whisper, one, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Breathe in and out and in again. Wiggle your toes. Now make a smile. Be very still and think a while. Who do you love and who loves you? What's your favorite thing to do? Where is the best place you've ever been? What's the most magical thing you've seen? Now stir all these things around in your cup and like a hot chocolate,
0: drink them up so they feel a warm inside your heart. As a parent, you have so many things to remember. That's why we don't go into all the detail about the probiotics, additional vitamins and minerals in our Anmumpedia Pro 3 toddler milk. But we just let you know that we care as much as you do about your little ones as they grow. It's as simple as that. Double Strength Mama Power is a stuffed podcast made in commercial collaboration with Anmumpedia Pro 3 toddler milk.